0: The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris, as always, with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. we we'll are bringing you the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. As always, we get together, talk about what's happening in the life, out here in the traffic, out here in these streets. In
1: these cool, cool, cool streets.
0: Always staying frosty, yeah, Man, ice <laughs> episode 101. B- b- bow! 101, baby. We in the triple digits like there an Arizona are. summer. Oh man, Shit, they stay
1: in triple digits, man. Even <laughs> in the wintertime, sometimes they stay in triple digits. Shouts out yeah. to my people in AZ.
0: Highlighting what's going on out here in the community, out here for the ecosystem. Uh, what, what, what's good for the peoples? Always like to uh shine a little light on news and noteworthy individuals sometimes they be entertainers they be in politics they be in uh athletics or whatever um so this one personally i've i got one that i'm gonna set up with and then i'm gonna set uh, it over to you for, for your take on this barry <laughs>
1: don't you be careful what you ask for brother
0: no so uh this week depending on when you hear this this week was international women's day Yes, sir. And so, a it's not a new thing. It's been this. This it's actually been around for about a century. Um, but it's the acknowledgement of women across the globe through contributions, through inventions, education, politically, socially, and then just what they do within community, household, family, the whole nine. So it's not. Uh, it's not an American holiday, or go, it's a global recognition of anywhere you are in the world of highlighting the women that are that are that just do. So much for all of us on a multitude of levels and so for me highlighting it several several women who i can personally say who've been very uh instrumental in the person that i developed into and so uh my personal shout out one is to uh kathleen morris may she rest in peace My, Mm. my father's mother my grandma and raised up a house full of kids. And this is back when folks was having double digits, <laughs> double digit kids and uh, w- was with my grandfather. She passed first. He passed a few years um, after she did. But just uh, b- the totality of her life, what she was as a mother, a grandmother, a great grandmother, and just some of the things that she instilled in me that my grandparents were the type to were, you know, rest in peace to warren g morris but the song papa was a rolling stone could have been his theme song for mm-hmm. for a period of his life and so when it came to the interactions in relationships and dealing with women my grandma has seen it all okay and so i remember when i got older i went to, whenever i had like relationship stuff i used, to, I, used to, I would go to her mm-hmm. and i would just, just the two of us be sitting in the living room and we would just talk about whatever and i remember i got a piece of information from her which i still remember to this day that You know, I was out there, you know, doing what doing what young men do yes, wasn't sir. necessarily on the up and up. And uh, I came to her and was talking to her about this particular woman uh, that I had messed up and she gave me this piece of advice. She said, is, is the girl still mad at you? I said, yes, she said. Then you still got a chance. I'm like, <laughs> she, said, she said, as long as she's still mad at you, you got a chance that the day she don't care no more is when it's over. Ooh. That's a, fact <laughs> That's
1: a fact check, brother.
0: Yeah. She was like, if she's still angry with you, she still want to fight with you. You still got a chance. Don't don't, you know, go there while she's still like still making an attempt. She's because like, the day she look at you and don't care no more when she's over, it's over. It's over. It's a wrap. It's over. And so I got jewels like that from her during the course of, of, of my life. And I'm appreciative that I know some people lose their grandparents when they're small or don't get to know them. I was, I'm appreciative of the fact that I got to be a grown man and get to talk to her, where she shifted from just being grandma who cooked when we came over on Sunday, to where I got to learn the type of woman she was as an individual, who she was before she was somebody's mama or grandmama. Uh, and so so to Kathleen Morris, to uh, Dolores Alexander, who's my mama's mama, mm. two completely different kind of women, night and day, <laughs> my, my grandmothers. But I learned a certain degree of structure. She's still with us. A certain degree of like structure and, and, and a principle behavior on how to be. And real, real rules, focus real. Um, you know, if you do it right the first time, you ain't got to worry about it again. That that type of uh, of logic and thinking. And there's a lot of things that I got that I take from her. And then I close out finally with my mama, with uh, Michelle Renee. And she was a good split down the middle of those two women. And and I got a lot of things from my mom who I still get. She taught me principles like don't hate the person, just hate the things they do. About acknowledging that people go through things and that does factor in how they behave and to not let other people's beef become your beef. You know, just that whole, well, I'm friends with Barry and Barry don't like him. So that means I got to not like him. Well, Barry's his own person and there's things going with him that could have happened the day that he got into it with so and so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look at things for what they are But before you make judgment on people Understand that they're still people And there's layers to the things that they go through And so I learned a lot of re- great things From my mom who's still with us About you know, how I uh, see people And how I interact with them And how I try to give folks A degree of grace when I deal with them If they're behaving in a way that I may not necessarily like I always try to recognize the humanity in the person And, and allow them to be humans And not be perfect all the time so, so for me personally, i like to give a shout out to those three important women in my life. My grandma Morris, my grandma Alexander, and my mom. And I would like to throw that to you, Barry. Of you what? <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what? What uh, influential women who have left a stamp on, on your life?
1: Oh, uh, that's hard <laughs> because I haven't really, uh, probably my aunties, maybe per se, I would say. I think that not having my mom in the moments of where I probably would have probably been the best um, for me to cultivate is probably would have been um, one I would probably say in in a negative and a positive light without her even saying too much. Just her condition, um, you know, having mental issues at my earliest age to, to of, of you know childhood, you know, really not having my mother in that way. So I think that kind of influenced me, you know, know, my aunties. Um, A lot more women probably centered, uh, not in my childhood more or less, but probably as I've gotten older, I've gravitated to, you know what I mean? But you know, at the same particular time, I don't have um, those visual moments like yourself in in that way. Like my aunties were very critical, in, in, in moments, but I think that I've always, uh, I've kind of shied away from a lot of influences in a sense of people being that highly influential in my life, moving me um, through currents and kind of, you know, saying some proclamations like you had as far as with women. It's just, it's it's a, a very uh, closed doors conversation, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just, just I, I just don't, you know, I could create some things, but then at the same time, um, you know, I think even in with my aunties, they try to breed a sense of religion to where I think it would have been more detrimental to my life moving forward, because looking at what's going on with some of them, you know, that by itself would have kind of led me to places that I really probably didn't need to be in, as I see that they haven't even stepped in. With that kind of proclamation the way they did one of my other aunties when i was at the lowest point of my life at that particular time you know when she had the ability to kind of help propel me um to help support it was like no and still supported other people including my older brother <laughs> right so it was almost like i was a black sheep so it's like to me it's eh. eh. I don't I don't really put too much, no, too much, uh, uh, you know, unfortunate uh, stocking and in, in, in those the way you, uh, you know, laminated your people. I would do it. Uh, you know, I would do some different conversations and I don't think that I would be, you know, really supported as well as you did. So I would just I'll bow out gracefully <laughs> no. that way
0: when I, I appreciate you for 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 sharing that because I think this is a good example of how, um, people show up differently in our lives. Like we act like there's a uniform way. Cause I could have very easily said, stated men uh, of influential men. And then it's a different conversation. I think that we make this thing that, well, that if you have a man in your life or a father in your life, you automatically become this. Mm-hmm. If you have your a woman in your life, your mother in life, your aunt's grandma, whatever, you automatically become that. And it, it's not true. And we mm-hmm. all have different experiences and, and all those different experiences based upon how we're all different all lead to different results. Yeah. You know, and so because uh, I look at like you for all the work you do with women, one might assume, oh, Barry must have grew up with a bunch of women around him. Because if you look at the organizations you work with, you look at how many single moms you help out. You look at all the, you know, the, the, the women who will come to you. This happened in the community and how, how ready to go you are. So to say that maybe if you didn't have the same type of base that maybe I had or somebody else had, what you do in life, like I said, there's not an automatic.
1: There's not. I mean, and I think that for me, being raised by my dad, having my aunts, my aunts were almost similar to my dad but they were women. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, okay. Well, where's the nurturing part? Um, Having one of my, a woman that came in later, uh, one of my best friends at that particular time, his mom, it was almost like, if I had my mom, that's what I would want. It's her being my mom, right? So if we go back to your first question, yeah, we'll probably, um, you know, Valerie Smith was a heavy influence in that particular time, but it was such a short frame Right, because it was like, boom, and then my my homeboy had her traveling. You know what I mean to um, Louisiana because he was on this spill that he wanted to do something different and go back home because they were from originally from Louisiana, and it was like that. I'm I'm getting used to this. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) This is what I need. I I, I, need need this part of, (laughs) yeah. Right, (laughs) and then um, you know, one of my aunties that, of course, was beneficial in, in certain components of my life. She had her own son. And so a lot of what could have been, you know, um, you know, put in my, you know, tools of, of goodies well, she was installing with her son. And then my other auntie eventually left to go find herself because she never had kids. And um, being the aunt that didn't have her own kids, but trying to raise her brother and sister's kids ain't never really worked out because Philosophies are different, right? So, you know, you have those situations, but I was, you know, mostly impacted, you know, by my father. And that that whole situation, after a while, the influence, the influences on the outside were more uh, you know, sustainable than his, because it was a a culture full of confu- confusion, more or less of what we see right now, um, with our young people. And the confusion for me was like you got. I'm really considered to be an outsider because my family is Haitian. We're considered immigrants. Um, I'm black, (laughs) right? Black as all can be, probably blacker than some of these other kids, but they're the Negro of America. So you have those um, indiscretions. And then I'm also black and you got white people looking at me. Well, you're black, but I'm looking like, well, shoot, I'm not accepted on this side. Just like I'm not accepted on that side. I'm right in the middle, and then the caveat off the uh, as you you really want to throw down the icing on the on the cake. I'm an immigrant that don't even know my own language. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, thanks, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you you first of all, you move me from my home, and that's New York. Like I'm with my immediate family. You yeah. move me from there, so we come to California. And now I don't have the, the brand of Axios, but I have a brand of Haitian, but I don't even know the language with the younger ones to communicate or even communicate with the older ones. Yeah, okay. And then now with this idea that I'm a Haitian kid, <laughs> right, but I don't know the language. Here I am with the African-American kids. You can't tell if I'm Haitian or not unless I tell you it. Because I don't have... There's those, no accent or no... I don't uh, have an accent. I don't have these features like some Haitian people. I have a, a New York accent. But the reality is, it's like, well, the hell... Well, you know, I'm trying to embody all them until I tell them the secret. They're like, wait a minute. You ain't even African-American. You're not one of us. And I'm not even from where they're from. I'm from somewhere else. So I'm just in this, this, this capsule of trying to figure this shit out. And it's not really something... You know what I mean? That as a young person coming up, you really realize. And then on top of all that, the dark secret that your mom, who you really don't know until later on in your life, is going stir crazy. You don't even know why she's crazy because that's Mm -hmm. all you're saying. She's crazy when really she has a mental issue. But who's telling me that? So, you know, you got a lot of different things that are components of a lot of things that people care about and a lot of advice that people got um in terms was more or less yeah very relevant but in a an idea of survival for me trying to find placement who I am what I am where I am what I'm all about trying to figure out a circle that I feel more comfortable with that I am more attached to was some of the things that continue to play a role in my development so I so in the midst of me trying to figure out Different things in my adolescence and my childhood, there were so many missing components that created kind of the lining in the sand, unfortunately, because I was just just there was so much
0: confusion, <laughs> you know what I mean? Here, here,
1: here, here, and the other places.
0: Okay, so that's actually interesting. So do you because I know anybody who's who's been around you, anybody who's seen you or whatever, there's the major push on the the do for self. Yes. There's a the major push on. Uh, having control in our own and and being your own boss and the entrepreneurial route. Do you think if you had more of a family structure to start with that you would still have that same mentality? Because Mm -hmm. if you and I ask that, because if you're like, well, I I really had to figure a lot of stuff out on my own. Mm -hmm. It teaches the mindset of figure it out on your own. Yeah. If I don't feel like I have people to rely on, then I I breed the idea of don't put yourself in a position where you have to rely on somebody.
1: Yeah. Well, let me answer one question because I think I forgot to kind of immediately answer what you were asking about the women in my life that I work with. Okay. I think that because of my mom being the way she was, being mentally m- mentally ill, okay. I think that it helped me gravitate to understanding the importance of working, you know, side by side with women, as well as having a daughter. You know what I mean? And my aunties and like a, some a, some cousins as I got older, you know, being like in that part of my life, more of an influence in a sense of, okay, you know, being able to let, let my my guard down and caring for the opposite sex outside of a lusting experience. You know what I mean? So those are kind of the things, and to be able to understand the the support mechanism is real. It doesn't always have to be um, strings attached. So that's kind mm-hmm. of like where it is right now on that end. But going back to the do for self, I I was a hustler at an early age, dog. Like I'm one of those kids that my father did everything he could to supply me and my brother with a, a great life and a, and a lifestyle that we didn't necessarily have to go out and rob and steal, yeah. but we still weren't with, (laughs) you know, a whole lot of bunch of stuff. Like I remember the meals being the the caveat on Christmas day, not the gifts where it's usually the opposites, you know, or some people it's the double whammy. You got, (laughs) you got good (laughs) gifts and the meal dog. I'm, I'm Shoot. I'm living with you. You know what I mean? It was like, boy, you smell all that good food and you know, you're about to have a feast. Never was short on that. But under that tree, it was almost like, every year it's like dude i i'm giving y'all the list I, I don't understand why y'all why is a belt so damn important every year i mean socks and underwear y'all could get this anytime and i don't even know if it was like a financial thing or if it was they like did they just didn't get it or those things like weren't important like toys weren't important i don't you know and, yeah. don't, and i kind of try to figure out Well, how the hell did I get so many of these toys anyway? How did I get all this stuff anyway? Because I didn't get them. I don't remember times where it was like, yo, here's this G.I. Joe. and Here's this Transformer. Because that wasn't happening. It wasn't like we go into the store. Yo, pops, that Transformer. Okay, cool. Put it in the basket. It was never like that. Or, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? You know, the greatest thing my dad used to do and then eventually cut me off after a while. I think when he got like 17, it was like my last pair of Jordans. Like he used to get me Jordans, like that's when Jordans first came out. I damn near had every pair, then pops just cold clock me. This and got those on my birthday, so that's kind of like a thing. Me and my daughter, I you know, I get her Jordans for whatever reason, even though they're high as hell now. But um, I started hustling at an early age because I started seeing that me asking, me being um, you know, patient, or me, you know, me. Basically, being a good kid, thinking I could earn it, being good at school or in the house, do a few chores, was never going to get me the things that I wanted from my parents, from my family members, right? So I just figured out ways to get it, you know, and some of those ways weren't always good. And when I had opportunity to utilize my craft, when I started understanding or recognizing, I had a gift, a vocab, and then you don't really don't know about that. In that m- moment, but I had a very, I got a gift of just talking, right. Just being able to, you know, solidify situations. Um, and I think a lot of it came from me being a liar at, at, so, at some given point <laughs> in my childhood so many times, because I was just afraid because you couldn't be, transparent in the in the world that I was living in. No, I, it was I, lie yeah. lie on top of lie on top of lie because <laughs> telling that truth man, it the pay the, the payment for the truth is is, is very uh brother is gonna have a few marks on your back and your ass. So yeah I learned that and and in earning my stripes at an early age to try to hustle and not even in the sense of drug dealing yet but the other kind of hustles you know you talk about garbage bell kids you talk about baseball cards you talk about finessing this for finessing that. To me, I think it always carried that that part of me of not really um, having to wait for someone else to get it for me or give it to me and and be reliant on myself. And then as I got to hustling, looking at what I used to make when I hustled compared to a paycheck, yeah. right? I, I, I saw the difference Thank looking you. at my father grind the way he grinded. And not being able to enjoy his life in the way I felt that he probably wanted to enjoy, he probably and and even since he retired from working when I was eighteen, he went back home. <laughs> he went back to Haiti and didn't look back. And it was like wasn't like okay, he was supposed to come back. I was like, ah, I'm gonna go to Haiti and come back. No, he stayed out there. And I was like, ah, that nigga was now living his life. Like he's really living. Now Where he's he, home. Now he's yeah, he's home. He's doing what he's doing. Where to me, it was like if I didn't become a hustler. As negative as it might have been in a particular time, if I didn't become that, the entrepreneurial spirit that I had, as well as when we talk about influences, uh, yeah, I could say one of my aunties had that and I saw it, but it wasn't taught. It was just seen, right? It was examples. Okay. Okay. And she made a lot of mistakes at the same particular time, but at the particular moment, I looked at her like, damn, she always on some other shit that allowed me to kind of hold grasp to that because one I didn't like what I was going to receive from the person that was giving it to me. I never got um, the accolades of the work, working hard, being on time, doing um, 150 hours every two weeks at work, plots, whatever, yeah. taking extra shifts. I, I I never was going to move up the managerial ladder. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. It was never going to give me a placement in supervisor positions or even give me, in times where I worked for the city, part-time, full-time. You know, work so I get full-time benefits and and have some of those accolades that a full-timer will have compared to a part-timer. So I never was welcomed right in the world, you know, that you know consider the nine to five world with the embracing arms, because I was always an outliner. So for me, that always opened up the doors for me to do for my own because I just saw that no matter how it worked, 401ks, whatever, retirements, whatever. Insurance, whatever. I still was not getting my just desserts, and I was always like, "Yo, I'm not going to be able to listen to a person I know more. You know, I, yeah. I you don't know more than me. You have a degree, but you still don't know more than me. I it just never computed in my mind. It made no fucking sense. Like, what are you telling me now? Like, you, you got, you, yo, fuck your book smarts. I appreciate it, but I know how to work with these kids, and especially in the field that I was in, you know, working with young people, um, particularly. I was like, "Yo, just, just I gotta go figure out some other thing." And yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate that I figured out <laughs> after bumping my head with multiple different things, and that's similar to what my auntie did, bumping her, bumping, bumping, bumping her, bumping her, and then I finally found my fucking niche. And that's the beautiful part about the entrepreneurial spirit that I learned at an earlier age. Even though some may document it as being negative because I was hustling, yeah. but in the same particular time, it elevated the thought process. Even when I was working, I worked at an earlier age as well. So with some of my friends who kind of just converted into a lifestyle where it was negative, I always had two sides. I was hustler, but then I also knew how to work because my dad worked and he showed me how to work. But then with that work, I was like, this shit ain't for me. (laughs) I'm not going to keep on, (laughs) you know what I mean? Can't call in sick. No no one's going to keep telling me what to do and how to do it. I'm not going to be micromanaged. Ah, fuck all that. I'd rather be my own boss. So that's kind of like how it solidified myself.
0: Okay, because I I think that the influences that we have that that really shape us, whether it be directly like your dad or or indirectly indirectly like your aunt. You know, where, where you can say, okay, he specifically told me to do this or specifically walked me through this is what you need to do, this is what's necessary, as opposed to the stuff that we learn just by observing. You know, kids are sponges. If we if you just put one in the room. And that's why you can find seven year olds that speak six different languages, though they didn't go to school for it. They just pick yeah. up what's 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 around them and, exactly. and they, they kind of process it. Uh, because I, I think that some of the stuff that we look at um, t- culturally, community wise, like the, the influences that we have, the the people that we surround ourselves with, uh, the stuff that we just, you know, inundate ourselves. I, I think that it's important sometimes to look at where we come from. Mm hmm. You know, we, we we get really hung up on how things are now but if we don't really look at where we started was it you don't know where you're going and if you don't know where you've been and and I think sometimes we we don't give enough emphasis we, we try so hard to let me make this relationship uh, better for my kids than the one that I had but we don't process the one that we had mm. you know I want a, a marriage that looks like this. But I don't process the marriage that I grew up seeing. You know, we we, we we try to just constantly work forward and don't acknowledge what 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 came before. We don't do we don't We don't study history. Uh, that's one of the things I, I like to highlight when we, the people who've done stuff when we start the, the podcast. You know, people who've done things, who who trailblazers, who lived before people who've already cleared away to know that, OK, we, we've done stuff before. And there's people still still doing stuff like acknowledging, the, the, you know, acknowledging what's come before. Because so we get a lot of stuff, like a lot of stories in the news, and we, a lot of stuff that we get focused on. And why, you know, even coming off of Women's Day, mm. like you you hear a lot of the phrase of how you can go back to Malcolm X's quote that the least protected woman on the planet is the black woman. Yeah. And that this thing of of you know show up for black women, protect black women. Yeah. Yeah. But based upon where you come from or how you were influenced, that changes what that means. Facts. So when you say, you know, um, because and this kind of goes to the conversation I was having with these women the other day about what does protecting black women look like? And one of the points that I was making was that as a man, protection looks like prevention. Yeah. So if I know something can be problematic, well, instead of dealing with the results of the problem, let's just avoid having the problem to begin with. That part. And and it was like, what does that look like? Okay, well, uh, if you with somebody and and you see your girl getting ready to walk out the house in an outfit that, you know, is about to be problematic. Mm. I'm not telling you what you can or can't wear, but I know because I know dudes and I know where you're going. That might not be the thing you want to wear. Yeah, I'm saying the, the probability, if you go out without me, then the probability of me getting a phone call where I got to go out here and, and risk going to jail tonight because because somebody done done something, said something crazy to you, whatever, or worse, or not necessarily worse, but different, if I'm with you, if we're going out somewhere together, I may not feel like fighting tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I and the women interpreted that as controlling.
1: Hmm. Okay, you're about to go there, huh?
0: Watch yourself, dog. Watch your steps, man. Telling, you know, you can't tell a woman what to wear or, or, you know... But some men, when they did it, were being controlling, though, in some, some cases. Some cases. And that's why I was separating the two. I said, I get trying to tell her for controlling purposes, but I said, but this was an example of I know that outfit in this environment is going to equal a high probability is going to equal this. Now, is it her fault? No. Kind of, they were like, well, a woman should be able to wear whatever she wants when she wants. I said 1000% agree. But I'm playing the averages. Yes, sir. And though she, quote unquote, should be able to, I know how dudes are in these streets. Ooh, and it. the probability of a dude could say something is higher. So I don't know him, the potential hymns that may be out there to say something to them. But I do know her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so we have that, that, that gap in how we saw protection for women. But I got mine from the women that I like. It was prevention. You just don't put them in like avoid certain situations because that was part of upbringing that I got. Mm -hmm. So I think that we don't have these conversations on what things look like to us based upon where we come from. We just get into issues about where we are. Does that make sense? No,
1: I I get it. I get it. And I think that kind of, you know, it creates a lot of, you know, what becomes the person you are currently those things that happen to you in the past right how do you gravitate it to the now right um and that's when we talk about you know protecting black women and it's so unfortunate because us talking about this in 2021 where this is just wasn't it was what it was right (laughs) you know what i'm saying it was again i've said it before and i'll say it again you know You didn't necessarily have to be my woman, right? Or you could have been the mother of my children, but cats would have respected that enough to be like, oh yeah, that's Barry's, that's Barry's baby, my boy, that's Barry's chick, you know, I'm not gonna push the issue. If you're dating them or whatever, or you're approaching them, where now it's all hell breaks loose. One simple conversation or argument or dispute leads to black men losing their grit And doing things that I I just don't, I can't make sense of it because it's just not how I wrote, you know, and it's not how people I was around wrote. Not saying that we weren't as disrespectful as we possibly could be because I think that in lighter of a lot of what we tend to know, the abuse on black women has been historic, right? And it's not a current, like this is not like new. It's been happening. You know, when you listen to, some of our, our, our greatest uh, artists, and I'm not going to say no names, but people know and value who they are. When you start seeing those documentaries, you start seeing people start talking about who they really were on their come up or in the between time of their height of fame. Yeah. They were abusive and in many levels. And culturally, it was accepted. Right. It was like, you know, the, the things that we used to say were, um, you know, think about like the song. You would, you would never hear it in this manner now. Literally, kill a hoe, kill a hoe, F that B, kill a hoe, kill a hoe, F that mm-hmm. and it was just like a club anthem, you yeah. know? And yeah, you're going to hear derogatory things still in the moment of our, our culture, but the intent of kill?
0: you wasn't there. That ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was sexually objectified, but it wasn't a call yeah. physically. Yeah, because, because of now, in the height of
1: that, that verse this is a reality yeah. so what i'm saying is yes men were abusive physically mentally um but now we're taking it to the next level where more often you're seeing more and more death come out of that abuse and that's the thing that to me is like whoa this is trivial it's like shit like how is this how did we get to this point how do we get to this place and not only are you killing the women but you're now killing their children yeah. you know what i mean And 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 We can blame it on mental health. We can blame it on past. We can blame it on a lot of different things. We can blame it on white supremacy. A lot of like black people like to do that. But damn, it has to be a situation to where we start looking at ourselves for accountability. Like, come on, dog. And I'm going to say this to my men. Yo, if if it ain't working out, there's plenty of women. And trust me, I understand about breakups because they're hard to fathom at times. Figuring you leave a person after so many years, they may get it right with someone else and you may not find one person in particularly that loves you and is interested in all your baggage, right? And all of the things that you feel you gave your vulnerable life to this person who now knows secrets that you probably don't want her to know. But it's 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 gonna, gonna be it's gonna be okay, brother. It's gonna be okay. Get through this, get past this. But if you don't care about her life, care about yours. I mean, at least for that. If you don't care yeah. about her life, the best way to F her up it's to show her i can be happy without you not all right i'm going to take you out like that shit to me is crazy i don't even know but i understand men getting to that place no. and i think that what we lose sight of is saying that and let it be okay i can understand where a man's thoughts can get to that level of i want to just destroy or just dis- just take this woman off the earth and for people to say yeah oh, that you shouldn't have those thoughts those are my thoughts. The problem with a thought that if that thought becomes an action, yeah, that's when it like. becomes problem- problematic. But for us to say that the emotions that these men are having in their mommy, you can't feel that way. It's just almost like, okay, well you're just going to create him to be able to lash out in rage. So I'm saying, okay, I get it. You feel that way. But also the reality is you have to understand once you take this next leap, there ain't no turning back. And most men who have done this? These heinous acts, and it was a similar situation in St. Louis that just happened. Um, you know, woman, two kids, actually three kids. One of the kids was the man's. He kills her, kills her two kids, kidnaps his baby. He, you know, of course the baby survives because that's his own child. But yeah. then he ends up committing suicide. And this is like, what, what was that all about? <laughs> like, this would—you're you're thirty-four years old, and this is like. I, love to, would, I would love to say that this is a, a young person problem. No, this is a black person problem, a black man problem. Because we oftentimes want to pretend like it's younger people doing this. No, it's older men as well. It's grown Negroes. That's literally having this impulse of control. I saw this one video. Black man was about to go shoot and kill his girlfriend. And the police got there on time. Yeah. And this is a time when the moment where we want to shit on the police every day. I get it. But here they were really saving a woman's life. And you won't hear Black Lives Matter and organizations speak upon that, that, well, she gunned down a, a possible domestic uh, 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 freaking murder happening yeah. of, of the woman, right? But you oftentimes will hear everything else, you know what I mean? But Because we, we don't want to talk about these issues in our black community, because okay. we want to keep on pretending that these issues don't happen.
0: So do you, so take those those people there, because there's more than enough horrific stories of, of, of and we'll keep it strictly in the community. We're not going to talk about broad of men and women, which are specifically black men and black women, that there is more than enough cases of domestic violence and, and homicides and all this happening. So to have the idea that a man is uh, abusive, that he's controlling that population, there's enough of them that that population is real. Yeah. So now we put them next to the guy who's not like them but is I'm saying things to you. What I believe is for your, the betterment of you. I'm talking to you. I'm trying to, I'm not trying to control you like dude over here. Who's emotional and erratic and can be abusive and that I'm saying things to you because I care. And this is actually the better, safer route. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so it's a little bit different. So you got the issue with the, uh, Megan Markle. Yeah married, married, married old boy. And then he do the interview interview with Oprah. And then the the royal family was worried about the the complexion of the baby and this, 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 and this. But before before that, Queen
1: Elizabeth had her own proclamation of unity before the interview hit. Now
0: we understand why, but go ahead. (laughs) So so now had there been um, a black man in Meghan Markle's life who told her who is trying to tell her, well, this is what this family's history. Don't, you know, if you get in there, this, 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 and And he's trying to put her up on the the racial components about be sure if this is who you going to marry this, this, and this, I don't need you to tell me what to do. Ooh, I see where you're going. They're trying to, he trying to control my behavior about who I should or shouldn't love. No, I'm just saying, I know this history of this family. I know their get down. I know, you know, if you have a baby, there's probably gonna be some issue. I I know what you're gonna hear behind closed. I know I, I just know these things. Mm. I'm not trying to control or abuse you. Mm. But these two groups of guys get put in the same category. But <laughs> one who's on the who who now I've seen some I know the dude that you hang out with, I've seen him. Well, you don't know him like I know him. No, I do. You don't know him like I know him. Excuse factor. Like, yeah. like, like I like I know the dude how he gets down. Well, women have to
1: start listening to men. Say I heard, again? I said women need to start listening to men a little bit more.
0: So how this is this is kind of where I'm going. Where do we get in that space because in order to listen to somebody you have to trust them. You you have to trust that not only is their information valid, but so are their intentions.
1: But how many times have we allowed to trust our heart? And our heart has not only complicated things, but it also allowed us to um, be in a deficit that you know we can't get out of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's, it's we're, we're down hundred points with two minutes left in the game. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and you still jacking up half pointers like <laughs> half, half court. Look, maybe you I don't, don't care have to how happen. many Dame Lillard's and uh, Currys you got on your team. It's not going to
0: happen. It's not going back. So I'm trying. So what does this start to? I get it. You have the big picture. You have to reestablish trust. I get that. Like that's that's the the, the general basic thing to reestablish trust. So there can. So if you do come to a woman with something, it's through the lens of, oh, he's not trying to do it. He's actually trying to help. Well, I think it might
1: sometimes have to be opening up your levels of vulnerability because I used to be him or I am him. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Sometimes got to be like, yo, how how do you know? Because that's the same role I played or I'm playing that role right now but I don't think that truly you know we don't want to identify the multiple pr- problems that we have within our own community that sets aside so many uh, so many of the, the the issues that we have in the forefront because it's more it's I, I'm not gonna say it's it's more okay because it's not but it's more acceptable right to talk about, every pointing figure at white supremacy. White people did this. White people did this. White racism. And da, 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 da. And that, to me, again, it's like we talk about Megan, right? You talk about the young lady spreading her, um you know, spreading her truth. But then in reality, it's like, well, that just shows you the naiveness or, in particularly maybe her believing the narrative that, yeah, I'm black but I'm not even accepted in the black community as I'm a black girl because of my skin, right? Color. And because I have uh, one of my parents, it's, it's white, you know what I mean? And I might have not been raised and had a black upbringing in a sense of, you know, black people, you know how we do, you know, if you're not hood strong and, you don't have yeah, take, generations from a certain neighborhood in a certain area. Maybe a, you're not some black. Kind of black card you're supposed to have. Yeah, you there's there's of, like you know you better have a root somewhere in some abandoned MLK that's God. freaking riddled with drugs, poverty, and and crime. The you, you you know you can't just be the Negro that's family did well and and, and lived in in, in a not really black. He's not really, black. Yeah, He's not
0: really right. black. This yeah. is what we do. Right, Carlton. Carlton wasn't the real black dude. It was Will Smith. Was right. You know what I mean. So, and that that
1: you know that diagram that we lay out for our own self, you know, contains so many different biases that we believe within ourselves. So, in this process of Megan and colorism, which is a real, real thing in our community that we often don't touch on because we just don't want to, because it's easy to talk about racism more than colorism, because a blame game is easy white man you know what i'm saying like well, white lady instead of looking at us like well damn negro you know a whole bunch of dark-skinned Negroes hated albie shore and chris uh, uh you know williamson and uh, i think you know, all those guys
0: that, that 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 thing is gets overlooked is that there's there's the the, the two sides the colorism within the community Is yeah. there's always the well if you're lighter complected Society, there's enough statistics to prove that lighter complected black people get treated better. Yeah, for sure. In, in, in employment, in education, in the yeah. judicial system. There's there's not even that's not a debate. There's enough data, data that shows that. And then amongst the community, we'll say, oh, the lighter complected girl is, quote unquote, cuter or prettier than, the, than dark. the darker right. complected girl. Or, we, or we, the, 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 we'll the do common, that in house with the, the common the
1: common line you hear. You're cute for a dark girl or you're cute for a dark guy. You know what I'm saying? You hear that often. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Yeah. See you.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, something that we don't give enough credit to is also the inverse to that is the disrespect, because we when we insult somebody. Oh, you acting real light skinned right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, we have one part of the community that will hoist people up for being lighter complected. But then we also use that as a sign of disrespect. Well, I mean, at the same time, <clears throat> you know,
1: camaraderie as well. My light skinned brother. Why can't he just be your brother you know what I mean when we you know, I, I mean I played a victim of that uh, or, or you know I'm a victim but I played a, the the catalyst to a light of that you know saying that just but not even thinking what I'm what I'm stating but you know going back to the Megan situation right you so her alignment of maybe being in a certain privilege of having lighter skin right than maybe the other um and being more appealing because remember with that biracial blood, you may have better hair than the nappy. You know, you roll the dice, woo, got good hair, you know, what yeah. saying whereas all oh, you got damn you biracial. You still got bad hair. So here it is. She's able to walk through. Um, She she probably didn't live in certain neighborhoods as others, you know, because even if she did live in that, then you would have to be uh one with your environment to act as harder because sometimes. As a lighter person, you got to be harder to show the blacker people that because yo, I'm just down. Like, you, yeah. I'm down, right? So here she goes walking into the Royal Compass, and maybe she didn't do her history. Maybe she didn't know the the these are the original stakeholders of colonizing. Um, col- uh, col- uh, you're right,
0: colonizers. Colonizing
1: the, the thank you, colonizing this 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 great world, right? As the Moors once upon a time. Um, bathed them and um, g- gave them this idea of civilizations outside of their caves, right? So maybe she was naive to that fact. I don't yeah. know, but maybe she didn't do her her work, thinking that, oh, I can just slide in and here I am. More that they would look at me as an American than look at me as a Black American. And her reality was probably, you know, was was set forth in a lot of different ways, where you know, depression and thoughts of suicide. Because now she was entering in this corporation, not necessarily a marriage, and her black child, <laughs> right? Her black child was going to be a part of a lineage that didn't want to be tainted in a way because before that's all they knew was blackness, and they don't ever want to go back to that. They don't ever want to be under any kind of rule or yeah. dictatorship or any type of uh, um, black uh, um, brilliance and royalty in a sense of. Where they once were, they know their history better than we know our history, and that's the naiveness of us. So, with her going in there thinking that she was going to be okay, she found out that no, she's really not okay because they really know the facts of what it is. Compared to us as black people, we don't have any idea. We go into these places and pace these places and spaces thinking that um, if you're lighter or if you're a, a, a darker Negro and you become um, more docile in a sense that they will appreciate and accept that until things start turning up and it's like well you know you are black and it reminds you but the fact that colorism in our own community plays such a a high influence now everybody is like yo we have to support megan but you were the same negroes that told megan she wasn't black
0: that's my that so that's my point so you so Now, the thing would be is, okay, rally around Megan because she's the one that's out here, you know, uh, just was it spilling the tea on what happens in the the royal family. And she's dropping, you know, she's dropping dimes on on the ins and outs. So, like I said, so. She's a regular Magic
1: Johnson right now with those dimes she's passing.
0: Yes. So. So if there was a dude who came to her before and said, you might not want to get into this situation, he's going to be looked at. As so, if that dude said, "Hey, don't hey, just if he just broke down what you just did, the history of this family, the way they, you got to remember they took out Princess Die because she wasn't on code and she was blonde hair and blue eyes. So if 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 he's like, look, this is what's going on, it's gonna be some stuff. Like I know some things, I've seen some stuff." And so then she doesn't listen because she's in love and and she goes and does what she wants to do. And she thinks
1: that she's going to benefit. And this is uh, post-racial,
0: all those racial world, whatever. So now now she's on the couch with Oprah and she's laying all this stuff out. If the dude is then not sympathetic because he's like, I told you this was what was going to happen before it happened. I laid it out for you step by step to get down because I'm familiar with it. So now you got the tears with Oprah and the world is coming behind you for sympathy. But if I don't have that sympathy because I already told you what it was going to be, he's wrong. Mm. So when do we get into this space of, like I said, to give a woman a heads up is not necessarily to control her, but if you give them the heads up and they don't listen and you just kind of like, okay, well, you are willing to roll the dice on whatever this is going to be. And so I'm letting you roll the dice on what it's going to be. We, we, but we, now we, I'm not protecting you or standing right. up for you. Well, I mean,
1: you could you could I mean, we could have that argument all day. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is still going to be. Black men aren't protecting black women, that, which <laughs> mean, I mean, could always be that, because it, it don't matter if it's two or three of us, there's not enough of us. Right. So, you know, they black women. know. Especially here in our community, there's black men stepping up. And I, being one of those people that are always stepping up, and it will still be like there's no black women, black men, you know, protecting black women. It's not going to be we need more black men to protect black women like Barry Axius and da da da. You know, they ain't going to be that name roll call. It'll be like, nah, we just need more of y'all because y'all ain't stepping up. Like, oh, okay. But the reality is choice and, you know, Consequences with the choices that you make as a motherfucker. Yeah. And I think that oftentimes, you know, selfishly, even with good advice, we selfishly want to think that ah, I know what I'm doing. And like with Megan, she went in there like, ah, nah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Because the benefits of being a part of royalty outweighed the benefits of her staying. The pros and cons a way from you know the pros and cons of it clearly away to like I'm kind of as much as these other Negroes don't believe that I'm black I'm rude I'm I'm pretty black even though in their eyes everybody like hey yeah, girl you you know she, she, yeah, she, you I don't know about your dislikes biracial black girl thing yeah but we see Alicia up. Keys they see Viola Davis yes hundred hundred percent but they have to understand. The miseducation of the Negro allows us to walk in these spaces blindly, not understanding that most people in power know the history, know the Moors, and know more about the Moors than black people. And when you talk about COVID and the time and the opportunities for black people to really do some things that was so powerful that a year looking at it, where now this is like probably was, um, I remember uh, a year ago today was the first day that I got the phone call. I was supposed to be doing a lecture in Berkeley, Berkeley, California, right? Uh, one of my mentees was like, you know, goes to Berkeley and was like, yo, need you there. Yeah. And I was like, I was juiced out. I, I was getting all my stuff. This is before, you know, we don't know nothing about Breonna Taylor. I don't. Our, Ahmaud Arbery ain't came out yet. Nothing about George Floyd. George Floyd ain't even in a surface. And I'm going to give them... Some radical blackness. I was on a roll. January, February, I was doing my black thing, and they called me up. It's like, yo, we can't do it. I'm like, what? Da 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 The COVID thing, the coronavirus, and at that time it was yeah, just, corona. just
0: It was coronavirus.
1: a coronavirus. It was a COVID nineteen yet, even though the name was already in effect, they ain't translated to COVID nineteen. Um, and you know, I wasn't able to go, and I was like, damn. So. You know, you go into your, your thought process, of like, damn, how is this really going to affect? And it, and it affects you in so many different ways. Like right now in particularly, you know, everything is changing and all the channels are, are are being dialed in, but we still have the same problem. So in effect, this time a year away, black people could have created their own school system. So it would have allowed us, whether we wanted to distance learn or get into a smaller facility style classrooms, which we often probably need more than these large classroom settings. We didn't take the opportunity for the most of us. I don't think there's any real um, movement on a school push. So because we've said so oftentimes that our kids are being miseducated in the public school system. But the reality is we had a whole year to say, okay, here's our alternative and it ain't happened. So guess what our kids are going to be doing, going right back, to be miseducated in the same public fool system that we see fooled Megan to believe that I'm gonna be cool. I mean, yeah. I don't, I can go for Latino, I can go for this, I could go for that, but you know, you're not, I can even go for maybe a Tanner black girl, white girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna really trip off of my black lineage in that level. And she was woken up to a big surprise.
0: Okay, so. Here's another thing. Keeping someone in this same vein of when we show up, and then we catch. Okay, so use the story of Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's daddy. Okay, so there was an interview about um, I want to say Chloe and Haley, the two sisters who sing that I guess were came up uh, under Beyonce. Like she kind of helped school them and helped get them up. I think they do like they think they got like a Disney come up. Like they're like younger people would know who they are. They're, they're young uh, in any event. So but they're becoming pretty popular now. And so somebody had asked Matthew Knowles about how talented these girls are in relation to Beyonce. And he was like, oh, it's not even close. Like you would I would, don't put these girls in the same conversation talent wise with Beyonce. He was standing up for his daughter. And he was like protecting the stature of what she's created as her legacy. The then story came that he was attacking black women. <laughs> so this is Matthew uh, Knowles, Beyonce knows Carter's daddy. He is her former manager. He had, you know, her whole come up up until I think like her second or third album. He was her manager, so he knows her the ins and outs. he's not just just the parent, but like he was the ins and outs of her career. And he's like, no, I've seen these girls, and I've know Beyonce. Like this, this not close when it comes to it to a talent issue. And now the argument with him is that you know. He shouldn't have had anything negative to say about these these younger black girls and that now in standing up for a black woman, he's putting down black women. You can't win, dog. So, is the <laughs> question. so what does it look like
1: showing up? You can't win. That's the answer, brother. That's the answer. <laughs> you show up and shut up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we have gotten to a point to a society. We have come to a point in society that flirting is now going to be considered sexual harassment or damn their sexual assault in some ways like in certain settings a compliment like being flirtatious in a sense of that hey man you can't have any comments on a woman's looks you know that's going to be the new norm i mean and to me it's very scary because i would have probably been locked up Currently to this day for the charges, I would have probably, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying uh, 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 racked up in my heyday when I was really out there in the field, like real talk. And um, and I can I can only do the work. And I hope my brothers continue, continue, continue to do the work and be vulnerable. um, But in the same sense, it's almost like if we're not agreeing with everything, you know, you're you're, you're casting some kind of curse. Or um, some type of negativity in situations like, I can't have my opinion. Oh, let me guess. When Oprah Winfrey <laughs> interviews uh, uh, um, Harry and Meghan, <laughs> now we're going to talk about colorism. Now we're going to talk about racism in this royal uh, um dysfunctional family that you guys in the media, you guys in America continue to tell us this is royalty and we have to bow down to them. We got to call them Kings and Queens. When they come down here to America, it's like it's opening doors. Y'all watching the, the weddings and y'all holding on to dear life about the baby and come to find out. They don't even want the damn baby. If it's dark, <laughs> you know what I mean? They, didn't they want don't her. even care. They don't even want her. They didn't want her. You know? So now here it is the gig is up. And some of you B- British folks, <clears throat> you know, in media that is prominent, um, that that are now upset about the truths, like what, like what did y'all think that was going to be? Like, what would you think was Oprah was going to sit there and have a conversation with these folks that have been blackballed out of um, their royal campus, you know, and think that it was just going to be all, you know, flowers, giddy, and 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 good conversation with wine? This is the truth. This is racism is a global effect, right? It just didn't happen by a snap of the finger. People who know, know, once upon a time, black people ruled the world, right? AKA the Moors. And people don't ever want to get back to that reality. And to be honest with you, black people don't want to either because I don't think they want to face the responsibility. And then it's re- reasons why I go so hard. When I, we, we talk about a subject about where and how do we show up as black men, we yeah. keep showing up. We keep raising our our voices to the problems. We don't shut up about it, but we also keep um, our, our, our women accountable for some of their actions and some of their behaviors, right? And start saying, hey, sister, I'm, I'm going to tell you firsthand account. If you see crazy in the Negro, you can't turn that off. But you think you can tame it. And I think that the containment of certain behaviors that black men have and some women have the power of, yeah. that's where they feel, I got it. I, I don't need your help. I know my man, blase, blah. Okay, I know this Negro too. And once a Negro feels he has no power over you, and he got a little bit of the crazy, and the thing about it, he don't even have to have a little bit of the crazy. He can just be a moment, it could be just a moment of insecurity, it could be a moment of vulnerability, it could be a moment of depression. Uh, that we face in our community so often that we don't talk about that makes a motherfucker snap. So the reality of this whole thing that we are dealing with overall is has to be again the two words I know niggas hate to hear accountability and responsibility. Those two things. How do we, how do we, in effect, use accountability and responsibility in these moments that we have?
0: Okay, this is, so that's so keeping that right there. I want to ask you how how you feel about this. So there's a thing that's going on in China right now. Oh, shit. Well, so so here's the thing. China, you know, they they watch a lot of Western culture stuff. They watch how America gets down. And then that's what influences their culture. Like, they'll watch a bunch of black rappers and then they'll figure out the system. And then they get Asian rappers to do what black rappers do and then make the Asian one stars. And they're blowing up. Yeah.
1: There, there's some Asian rappers that are just crazy yeah. out there
0: right now. So they, they keep an eye on America in, in American culture. So something that just recently happened, they were looking at there was a shift in masculine feminine interaction, male and female interaction. They, because of over here, how we're moving. The the notion is to shift to a non-binary way of addressing men, men and women. Um, If you're just the real cliff notes version, non-binary simply means removing a or B (coughs) like that. That's the movement in America. Just instead of wearing like, Instead of you're only male or female, all the other things that fall into place of that being the shift. So China recognized that they were starting to get thoughts so like that. Minute.
1: Hold on. So, so wait a minute. So I wouldn't be considered a male. What are you, what are you saying? You would be Barry.
0: So so here's here, here's the like the other so are other are other berries that I could go c- collaborate and connect with. Barry <laughs> is all encompassing. So instead of you. So here's the deal. So the way that the current system is. So Barry would not be a black man no more. We just be Barry. Well, you could still be you'd be Blackberry. (laughs) So like the labels that we have of gender, of gender identity, of sexual orientation are all based upon a binary system of male or female, hetero or homosexual. That that's the way that everything is labeled currently, like the way it's been. So for me to give you a label, so say Barry likes Tina. For Barry to be a heterosexual male who likes Tina, who in in a heterosexual relationship with Tina, Barry needs to, to be labeled as a male and to identify as a male. Tina needs to be labeled as a female and identify as a female. Barry needs to identify Tina as a female and Tina needs to identify Barry as a male for that to be a heterosexual relationship.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, at, at any point, if Barry is now born a male, but you identify as a female or Tina is born a female, but she identifies as a male, you're no longer in a heterosexual relationship. So even though you we're talking about the same two people. So if you identify as something different or she identifies as something different or you label her as something different or she labels you as something different, that's no longer. Barry and Tina in a heterosexual relationship now you nothing has changed between the two of you it's just the the identification and the labeling so the movement would be we're just going to throw all that out we're going to eliminate the premise of male female hetero or homosexual so they call it like gender fluidity and all this other stuff you're just Barry and Tina and all that other stuff is is irrelevant Does that make sense not not the practice, but the but the the, the the setup. It makes no
1: sense, but it makes sense. I okay. understand what you're saying, but it's that's, makes what, no that's sense. what I mean.
0: So what they saw in China was they're starting to see this idea starting to trickle into Chinese culture. So what they've decided to do is implement masculinity classes <laughs> into schools for, for for their males, for the young boys that they want to reinforce gender roles. But they want to reinforce ma- masculine behaviors and reestablish quote unquote manhood into the ecosystem because if leaving it on autopilot, a lot of American culture in this mindset is starting to trickle in and they don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it either. So when you hear that, so that's my point. So when you hear that, the idea of now there's some people who are pushing back because they're saying, oh, you're reinforcing. Misogyny uh, or you're trying yeah, to force hardline yeah, no. issues with no. like, men are supposed to be tough because remember, we're not addressing women's behavior, they're not adding feminine classes, they're specifically targeting men. Y'all is acting a way that we don't want y'all acting. You're getting some ideas we ain't cool with, so we're gonna start in grade school and get y'all back on what we deem is <laughs> track. How you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are we going to get in trouble for what we say? I mean, I, mean, I, 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 think, I think that in a lot of ways.
0: For you, so you're just hearing new information. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I I think in a lot of ways, think about that. Think about if we had manhood training. Think about if we implemented what we do on our manhood conference and the other conferences that when we were allowed to be out there with our right. young men. You know, we we did not particularly did three of them. Right? right. Um, One of them, of course, the manhood and, of course, the MOBs that we did uh bi-monthly, right? Um think about all the seeds we planted. Yeah. And I think that a part of being a man is being vulnerable. A part of being a man is is centered in nurturing. A part of being a man is crying. A part of being a man is having certain sensitivities and empathy. Yeah. Um a man should never be trained to be ultra hard or um you know, to the point where You feel that you can never, ever have a moment where you can be vulnerable and release, where you hold all that in and then you explode. A man should never be taught to be a volcano. Now you erupt. No. So I feel like training mechanisms to help create a path, because you imagine if a man, excuse me, a young child, um, a male, could learn that you shouldn't hit a woman. And even in a woman in reverse should learn you shouldn't hit a man, and these reasons why, and, and how we should have respect for each other, and what this looks like, um, how to um, engage and in, in love in a relationship, and what that looks like. You, you start getting these things, <clears throat> this nurturing effect that is not happening by nature in the household, and it's not happening within the community, because we don't have those lock tie relationships of a grandmother, great grandparents, or even your parents that have been going on a string of 20, 30, 40 years and are showing you a healthy relationship. We're not talking about the 30 year relationship that was filled with booze, drugs, cheating, and 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 a back and forth but because you guys got so old and got tired you're now here and you can say yeah baby we've been together for 40 years and it's no it was 40 years of chaos you know what i'm saying or at least 20 years
0: 20 and 25 baby, years of nonsense and now we just got old yeah,
1: yeah we just got old here we are <laughs> now so for me like you no longer have those relatable relationships that we see in our community to help create foundation so when you separate you, you you create a separate uh, a separate kind of agenda where black men's roles and, and female roles and now we're getting so more adapted to living on our own i saw something with carrie wilson um hilson i think her name is um talking about i want a man but i want a separate house like i want to be yeah, yeah, able yeah. to and it's well, like same. some niggas is like whoa yeah. hell no but you know a Negro like me, I'm looking like, shit, that sound kind of cool, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I've gotten to a place, unfortunately, in my life that I'm okay with having a separate household, but being able to blend when we need to blend, but also learning and understanding myself that I don't want to be around a person 24 hours of a day because there's certain things that I know about me that I just want to just deal with me. And I don't want to be lined with a person on an everyday basis and feeling compelled that, Okay, if we no longer are having gender roles, right? So the support factor of each other in a household—who's submitting to who? So you know what I'm saying? We're splitting everything down the line. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing? Are you cooking, or I'm cooking Monday on on Monday and Tuesday? You cooking? Like, there's all these different situations that just are robust in this kind of moment in this this relationship. But I I really think that honoring the simple fact that men are different than women and women are different than men, we can't take that away from society. We can't keep on dumbing ourselves down to these unrealistic perspectives that people who, because they might've transformed into this new idea, continue to give it to people when these ideas, maybe they shouldn't be gender-specific on certain things. But I think that we've been challenged enough to understand, well, at least I have and you have, that women play a critical role in everything. I mean, yeah. God damn it, they are the creators of civilization. Yeah. So the worth for them is high compared to just trying to merely say that now we want to dumb it down and say, you're Jermaine, I'm Barry, she's Megan, that's Tina. You're not a male or a female. Huh? No. Like the confusion of that, it, it, it just it just trickles down to so much more dysfunction. Like we're dysfunctional now, and we don't even got some of those ties. But yeah. imagine that now becoming a thing to where we can't even run from from uh, 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 the convers. We can run from the conversation. Excuse me to seeing where we line up and knowing that we don't line up, and the issues that we have currently are more complex when now you're trying to take away gender-specific things and ask people to just play their role on how they feel of me having world Barry, you having world Jermaine, she having world Tina, and then she having world Megan. Shit's insane. And I think so much of this insanity comes from people that just have too much time on their hands in their own thought process, and then it just streamlines because they have platforms and people start buying
0: into the shit. Well, because they're already putting into motion about uh, some major department stores eliminating boys and girls departments. So what am I supposed to do when I'm trying to find male stuff? I'm just supposed to. You're going to find stuff by brand,
1: by size, by what it is. So now I'm going to be in a store picking up girl shit, not knowing it's girl shit and go to the counter and look at oh, I didn't know this was a cutoff for women. I thought <laughs> it's gonna be, this it's was gonna blue be shirt.
0: the cut of it that fits you based upon your right. size, is, is they're not is even good, letting us rejection. go.
1: They are not even letting us go into a freaking dressing room because of COVID. Yeah, so and this is a problem when we allow too much control to the government, and, and and they force feed us this idea because of agendas that are being given to a certain group to weaken especially the black community see this is the thing that i don't understand that black people don't really realize if i am telling you history proves it you don't have to facts check it just do some research black people ruled and you see these things happening black people got a lot more wealth than they ever have we just don't know how to obtain it for the common negro we just don't know how to, you know what I'm saying? We don't, there's a lot more black people that can become a millionaire in a snap of the finger than it was way before our time, right? Yeah. In a sense where you, now I could really, if, if if put in the right position, create generational wealth without a white person stripping it away from us. Cause that's what they did before. Oh, you got land boy? Uh, yeah, sir. Okay, well we got to take this. Like, huh? Derek, huh? like if you and I blew up on TikTok or some old type of, App, you know what I'm saying? Now you and I are in the game. Like, all right, cool, Jermaine, we got two million dollars. Uh, let's go to Vegas, it's a little cheaper than California, and let's buy some properties. Let's go sit on that. Um, and just that simple play. Will create generational wealth, right? But we don't think in that kind of I, that 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 opportune idea. We just think individually. We like to showboat. Let's go get some jewelry. Let's go pop some bottles. Let's pay for some prostitutes. That's kind of the way that we think. Let's ball out. A lot of us are not going like ah. Let me have a good time, but let me kind of invest. So now here you are looking at all these plots, the killing of black people. You could easily stop it by police by firing police officers, giving them consequences. Next thing you know, black people ain't getting killed no more. Cause guess what? I know officers are going to be like, damn, should I kill this Negro? If I kill him, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to have no pension and I'm going to go to jail. Probably yeah. not going to kill him, but they allow the killing of black people, right? You could easily go into these communities, these impoverished communities that you've helped gentrify or redline, right? And come in there and say, here, you know what, niggas, we screwed up. We're going to give this investment here. We, we're going to come build, you know, these, these little, um, you know centers that you guys have that are run down. We're going to remodel those. That little uh, uh strip mall that you guys had that have had, had no re- repairs since it was uh, uh, created 40 years ago. We're going to, you know what I'm saying, refurbish that. We're going to do a whole bunch of things. We apologize. We'll make every MLK look like Chinatown. Oh, okay. They could easily do that. But why would you want to do that to Negroes? Because that's going to empower us. They're doing everything in a way to keep us down. And now what they also are doing is this attack in our sexuality That is just outrageous to where it's now not allowing us to even have an opinion. Because every time you have an opinion or every time you question something or every time you say something, you are anti everything. (laughs) I'm anti this. I'm anti that. I can't have a brain and just say, hey, I question this because this is not really working in favor for us as a generation, as a people. They are literally trying to eliminate black people like really just get rid of the get rid of us all because. They know that we're very, very close. We can't see it, but we're very, very close to getting back in the power.
0: Well, I think this is a full a full blown other conversation that we, that we could have about what this move will do specifically within our community. Because one of the things of this whole notion of where do we show up for, for black women is that if we eliminate the man and the woman part and we eliminate the gender roles and we eliminate specific responsibilities linked to a gender, then it's only going to make the gap get wider. The, the, the more that we go away from having a defined, okay, so it's not my job to, to protect you. It's not my responsibility to provide for you. It's not my responsibility to do these things, because these are now interchangeable, fluid things. It It then turns into, it is just as much your responsibility to provide for me as it would be for me to provide for you. It is just as much your responsibility to protect me as it is for me to protect you. This mentality and mindset, I'm not saying it doesn't work for anyone, but I think that it could have some real detrimental things within our community. I, I think Facts. you can call yourself whatever you want to, identify what you want to, get out and how you get down. I got no energy for how an individual wants to live. But I do think this is something that that we should be paying attention to. And the fact that an entire nation saw it as a reason to to intervene because they saw it as detrimental to the country, is, is, is something that uh, it's at least worth saying something about.
1: Well, you know, like I said, uh, these these the conversations, um, and going into like the year, the the you know a day into the year when really things started to slowly shut down, um, you know, uh, that just shows you the deepness of the control mechanisms that I feel like I think a lot of us f- fall, f- we fell for it, and um. People continuing to push back, you know. I think that's important, people to continue to question. I just don't know how all of a sudden I can just wake up and it's like, I can't say that I'm a man. I might as well say I, I'm not black.
0: They're trying to work on that one too.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's why Michael Jackson was, you know, doing all that, uh, you know, Rest spray paint. <laughs> yeah. Rest team,
0: Michael Gilson. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. this is the Safe South <laughs> Podcast. Where can folks find you to keep up with you, Barry? Uh, Twitter. IG, Facebook, Barry Axios. I'm a Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at Jay Morris CEO. This is Say Something with Jermaine Morris and Barry Axios. Wherever you are listening to this, whether it be iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, we always prefer you, know, you to uh, hit a rating. We prefer that five-star rating. Throw a comment in there. Tell a friend. Subscribe. Yeah, all friends, that. Subscribe, we appreciate man. it. And until next episode. We'll see you later, man. Peace. (laughs) While we still black men. (laughs) While we still black men, we will holler at you later. Sure.